0: Me because after we say it, we're going to have a moment where we're going to pray for countries represented in that we've prayed in for countries that you have a heart for. A country maybe where your families came from. We're just going to have a moment of silence after we pray the Lord's prayer together, where you pray for whatever country that is, whatever maybe community that is nearby. Maybe you know you just God's laid on your heart of a, a place, and you say, Lord, uh, help your name to be honored there, your kingdom to come, your will to be done. Provide for them what they need, their daily bread. You know, f- help them to find the forgiveness for sins and the ability to forgive others. And help them not to fall into temptation, but deliver them from evil for yours is the kingdom. And so we're going to pray this together, and then we're going to have a moment where we just pray, just as we're standing for countries, communities, that God has placed on our hearts that, that we're just concerned for, and then we'll all close in you know, just a final prayer after that. So would you pray with me the Lord's Prayer? Our Father, which art in heaven, And everyone else that serves in every area, this is a team effort. From the moment you walk in the door, you'll notice we've got greeters, we've got coffee. It's just everyone pitching in and uh, so glad to have new people on the team and always looking for more new people to join and, and that's great. We're talking about the Lord's Prayer. Maybe some of you prayed this prayer as kids, as adults, and, and it maybe didn't mean anything to you. Maybe it has become meaningful to you and, and we've been on this journey and I'll, And we get to this kind of interesting part of the prayer where he talks about temptation and and evil. And you're kind of like, wow, what's he talking about here? And and the challenge with the Lord's Prayer is this. As you move up and as you move out in new life in Jesus Christ, as you grow in your faith and as you grow in your prayer life, the challenge is that you become a, a, a target. If you want to just not get bothered by Satan, just be you know, mediocre. Just kind of sit and do nothing and just kind of go through life in a sort of a numb feeling and not try anything and just not do anything and just kind of live for yourself. Satan's happy to have you there. But the moment you say, no, I'm moving up and I'm moving out, you begin, to, you, you become, you, you paint a target on it and Satan's like, I gotta stop that person because they're cause I don't want them going closer to God. I don't want them sharing Jesus with others. So, So you're gonna run into difficulties. I don't know if this has been your journey. It's been mine these past weeks. As I've said, you know I'm going to take my prayer life a, a, a step up. That you encounter challenges that, you know, you didn't expect to encounter. Difficulties, uh, you're dealing with personal stuff, and, and, and it's really sanctifying. But it but it, it's not easy. And, and I'm telling you, if if you want to move up and out a new life in Jesus Christ, parts of you will die in order that Christ's life can live in and through you. And, and that's a wonderful experience, but it's a painful experience. And as we've journeyed on this, we've been talking about that and even forgiveness. I mean, part of moving forward is forgiveness. And in my heart, all the last week as I prepared for that sermon, was people that I needed to forgive, that, that I thought I'd forgiven, that kept, you know, the Holy Spirit's like, well, what about that person? What about this situation? I'm like, okay, Lord, you know, I, I'm, enough, you know I'm, I'm done with this. You know, now, now we're moving on to temptation. Great, eh? here we go. Temptation. The, the prayer at this point, we focused on God. His name would we'll be honored. His kingdom come as will be done. We focused on our needs. Not our wants, our needs. Give us our daily bread. We focused on, on, uh, on the need for forgiveness, to live in God's forgiveness, and to extend forgiveness. And then he comes to the reality. It's like the reality is you're living in, in a real messed up world. And the part of that world is that temptation comes. Safety and security and the, th- and the temptation comes in two areas. It's internal and it's external. There's these, these internal threats, and then there's these external threats. He says, lead us not into temptation. This is an, an internal battle, and then there's the external. But deliver us from evil, or the evil one. And so the reality is, as you journey up and out, there's this internal voices that we hear, and, and our own desires and and. and Passions that that we have to bring into alignment with God's will, and then there's just this pressure from the outside. And as Jesus sets out the model prayer for us, he, He wants you to understand that He knows the world in which you live, He knows the temptations which you personally deal with. And unfortunately, they never go away, they change. They morph into different forms as you go through different stages of life, but they never, ever go away. The passions you had as an 18-year-old are not the same struggles you have as a 60-year-old or as a 45-year-old or or everywhere in between, but the reality is there's always something, and this is why the daily prayer of the Lord's Prayer and the content, not just the the words, but you're praying the the significant kind of structure here, is that you're acknowledging today I'm going to face something that could potentially drag me down, and I need your help. O oh Lord, lead us not into temptation. The word lead um, also has the idea of, of you know, to carry. It's, the word's used in Luke to, of, of the guys that were carrying in that man that was on a stretcher. You know, they, they carried him in. And the idea here is, like, let's not get carried away in, in life and, and help me not to get carried away and, and drawn into something that I shouldn't be getting drawn into. Lead us temptation now the question is and maybe you felt this way why does god set me up to fail like if god really knew my situation why does he put those things in my life that that, that he knows i struggle with why would god do that and and maybe you read this prayer and think well that's really not fair you're like hey lord you're gonna lead me there so, so you're say god don't lead me there stop leading me there and and that's that's not what he's saying this is a particular um phrase uh, kind of an ancient near east way of uh, idiom of speaking that's that uses a negative expression to express something positive he's, he's not saying don't don't lead me into temptation he's saying help me not to be led into temptation you know when you're if you've ever been on a you know a safari or a Adventure in the bush or in the desert and you hire someone to take you somewhere and in the ancient areas this was often the way you did it you had to go somewhere and so you'd hire a, a guide and they had their camels and and basically you leave the town and you enter sand dunes and for the rest of us we're like i don't know where we're going we're just like okay head to that dune and you know turn at that little tree and that bone and you know and they they know where they're going you don't know where you're going and so you might say to the guide you know don't get us lost now you're not Demanding them not to get you lost. What you're saying is, make sure you get us to the right place. You know, you're, you help us to find the right destination. And we're saying, Lord, in the journey of life, help us not to trip and fall and fall into the hole or trip on that wire, and, but to stay strong in the midst of temptation. You see, Jesus himself in Matthew 4 tells us, is led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted and so at the beginning of his ministry he faces the challenges that we all face as a man he's you know he's been hungry he's hungry he's been fasting for 40 days and all of a sudden the devil comes and he's he's tempting and he's tempting him you know here turn these stones into bread and here jump off the you know off off the off the roof of the temple and, and god will save you and and look here here, Jesus, you don't even have to die on the cross. You know? I'll give you all these kingdoms if you just bow to me. You know? He's given Jesus the, the easy out. He's tempting him at every part of his human existence. He was tempted and tested, just like you and I are tempted and tested every day. And our prayer as we wake up in the morning, before we look at our phone, as we said all the other things, but we get to this point in the prayer, and we're like, and Lord, you know what I'm going to face today? Help me to be strong in the midst of the temptations that I will come across. And you're acknowledging your weakness and his strength to help you through temptation. Now, temptation is common in all sorts of, you know, different forms and and ways, and of course, we always think of like the, the obvious ones, you know, greed and lust and you know all these other you know see you know gross ones and but but there's also the other temptations right there, there there's a temptation to you know to, to belittle yourself there's a temptation to to you know to be bitter and, and unforgiving there's temptations to be lazy to just or to be selfish there's temptations to be a victim all the time right it's never your fault there's always someone else to blame for your life and for the circumstance you find yourself in. And, and you're tempted to just be, to, st- to stay in the victim mentality. And, and look, y- you don't find freedom in victim, in victim mentality. You've got to forgive and move on. There's temptations to worry and to be anxious. Now, I'm, I'm not talking about the mental, you know, anxiety that just, you know, is, is mental illness. I'm just saying sometimes we churn we, we ourselves up into anxiety. Like, if that's your issue, turn off the news, okay? Turn off social media. Just get, get off that, right? Temptation. There's a temptation to, to check your, your social media and see how many likes you got. How many people are following you right now? You're tempted. And God comes along and says, look, I want to give you value. I want to support you in this journey. I want you to find your, your significance and your, 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 who you are in me, not in, in you know, the likes you have and the, the people that are commenting on your posts and, and how much money you have in the bank or, or what you drive or, or whatever it is. I mean, we're tempted. We're tempted. We're tempted to think, well, if I just had that, then I would be happy. And we get that. and We're not happy. Tempted. And he says, lead us not into temptation help us to be aware of the path that we're on and to stay close to you you see god doesn't tempt you uh, the book of james is very clear about that and we have it up on the screen here james chapter 1 verses 13 to 15 it says let no one say when he is tempted i'm tempted by god for god cannot be tempted by evil and he himself tempts no one but each one is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires then when desire conceives it gives birth to sin and when sin is full grown it gives birth to death, you have those desires. Sometimes those desires aren't bad. A longing for beauty. Uh, a desire for sex is a natural desire that God gives men and women, and it's it finds its fulfillment in a marriage relationship. But you have those desires. A desire for control, a desire for leadership. But, I mean, and God can sanctify those desires and use them for his kingdom purposes. Or you can use those desires to satisfy yourself and to hurt others. And this is the, this is the, the, the path we walk on every day. Lead us not into temptations. Keep us aware of our desires and when those desires are, are aligned with your will and when they're not, Lord, show me. Show me. Show me when my anxiety is, is totally selfish. Show me when my worry is all about me and less about you. Show me, Lord. Lead us not into temptation. In Hebrews 2.18, it says, for he himself, since he himself suffered when he was tempted, he's able to help those who are tempted. He's talking about Jesus. Jesus went through the, the situations, and you're like, man, did Jesus, you know, was he tempted by, you know, by, by, by greed? Was he tempted by, by women? Was he tempted by, you know, by, by anxiety? Was he tempted with worry? I mean, was he tempted with jealousy, with envy? Like, was he? Well, he said, it says he was tempted in every way like we are. But he's able to help you. As we pray the Lord's Prayer, we're saying, Jesus, be my guide. Lead me. Not into temptation. No. In our home, we have a little dog. She kind of is about rat-sized. <laughs> and, uh, she, uh, she's not really a country dog, but we live in the country. But, you know, so she, she thinks much bigger than she is. You know, anyway... Uh, we were out at the chickens, me and Blondie, and I was moving chickens around, and, you know, and, and some chickens got out, and I'm going well, I'll catch them later. I just got to get the rest of these into the pen, and I was cleaning out, whatever I was doing, and and suddenly, I I, I notice that Blondie has, you know, this chicken that's twice as big as her, you know, <laughs> she's on top of that thing, and just, you know, yeah, you know, having a great time, you know, like, she's just <laughs> loving chasing these chickens, loving, you know, nipping at them, like, she's just whoo, you know, and, and it was like, okay, well, stop that, you know, and I catch the chicken and put him in, you know, and I take her back to the house, and the next time Blonde has to go up to, you know, do her thing, you know, all of a sudden, you know, like, I'm, I let her out, and then I can't find her, I'm calling her, she's not coming, and I'm thinking, oh, just wait a second, so I go down to the chicken pen, and I look inside the coop, and there's the little door where the chickens come out of the coop into the pen, and and there she is, just sitting there wagging her tail, you know, having a good time. Chickens are going crazy and, ah, yeah, you know, and, and, you know, and it, was, it was like crack cocaine for her, you know, like she, you know. Every time I let her out, she just wanted to run to those chickens and chase them and bite them and, you know, and have a good time. And I'm like, okay, you know, I had to, you know, I had to stop that, right? Okay, just stop that, you know. But, but we're all the same way, right? We, sometimes we taste something and we're like, oh, we want to go back and do it and do it again and do it. And, and when we get up and we pray the Lord's Prayer, we're like, Lord, you know how much I enjoy chasing chickens. <laughs> But when i see the chicken just take the desire away from me in that moment and help me just to stay on the path that you have for me lead us not into temptation and then he says um, you know but there's the external threat too the internal threat is is our own desires our own passions that kind of guide us our own insecurities our fears that are often motivating factors in the decisions that we make, right? You're tempted to overwork. Why? Because if, if I don't overwork, then I might lose my job, and if I lose my job, I might lose my house, and I might lose my family, and, and, and you're, you've carried it on so far beyond what God even thinks about your life, and you're like, oh, I got to, you know, and, and you, you, or if I don't work hard, then people will think less of me. I don't, if I'm not the first guy at work and the last one to leave, and if I'm not sending emails on Saturday night at 11 p.m., you know, they're gonna think I'm lazy and 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 you're why are you doing it? Because you want people to think you're the hardest worker in the business. The temptation. It's, it's actually a prideful temptation. You know, like the the physical outward stuff, I mean that's bad enough, but it's probably the inner stuff that you gotta really work on in temptation. Pride, fear self-image stuff because that flows out into your behavior and you think oh i'm just working hard no no no. you're 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 compensating for something you know you're you're so worried about money all the time well well, there's a reason you're so worried about money money has somehow taken place in your life that it, it dictates your whole existence and you need to sort of step back and say okay lord help me not to be tempted by money all the time me not to be tempted by by my body image I and mean, you are waking up and you're you're thinking thoughts about yourself you're thinking thoughts about other people and you're and you have to kind of take that under under the lordship of jesus christ and say i, I don't want to go down that way anymore but then there's the external pressure the external threats and the external threat is you know deliver us from the evil one and thankfully the lord's prayer includes this because he wants you to know, or from evil, as we say it in the prayer, but really it could be translated either way, evil or evil one. It's the evil, or, you know, the evil one. It's, evil finds its root in, in Satan, who is the enemy of God, who does everything he can to steal God's glory from him and, and to get us to live a life of bondage. He, he wants you to not experience the goodness and the grace of God, and so he will do whatever he can to thwart churches, to thwart individual lives, to thwart marriages, to thwart families. He doesn't care. He doesn't play by any rules, except the restrictions that God God does at times put into his place. But this world is kind of his playground, and he messes with it all the time. And we as creatures live in his playground. And he wants to mess up your life. He wants to make you feel like you're guilty all the time, shame. He wants you to be stuck in addictions. He wants you to live in worry, fear, anxiety. He wants you to be depressed. He, He just wants whatever he can to keep you from moving up and out in new life in Jesus Christ. He'll do it. And as we pray this prayer, we pray, deliver us from the evil one. Peter talks about this in 1 Peter chapter 5. And maybe you want to write some of these verses down because these are good ones to, to memory. But it says, Be sober and alert. Your enemy, the devil, like a roaring lion, is on the prowl looking for someone to devour. Resist him strongly in your faith because you know that your brothers and sisters throughout the world are enduring the same kind of suffering. He's like, I understand. Like, like, he's out there. Okay, so I'm going to tell a story. I'm, I'm stealing Lisa's story uh, from her. But uh, Lisa and Zoe went on this safari. And of course, you know, they're, they're looking for animals, and sometimes you drive and there's no animals. It's like driving through the parking like, in Canada, right? Like, so half the time you see nothing, and then every once in a while you see a bunch of animals running around. So so and all of a sudden, the, you know, the guide's like, hey, look, there's a lion. And it's like literally 15 feet in front of the van, and they're like, oh, yeah, there's a lion. And the lion's just sitting there like, this is awesome, it's a lion, yeah, woo you know, get pictures, you know. And, and then all of a sudden, the lion leaps, shunk, and it grabs this little deer. <laughs> And just, you know, and shakes it like a little rag doll and hauls it away. And they're like, oh, you know, always traumatized. She's getting counseling from her mother, you know, like, wow, what just happened here? You know, like this is, this is Bambi gone bad, you know, like, oh, man, you know. Aren't we like that, though? We see the evil one in the world. We think, oh, look, there's evil. Woohoo! yeah, you know. And all of a sudden, he pounces on someone. We're like, oh, I can't believe that just happened. Well, this is the nature of a lion. It eats little animals that are herbivores, you know. And that's just the reality of its life, you know. And, that, and that's every day. It's another, you know, little deer or whatever, water buffalo. I mean, they just love eating little animals. And that's the way they are. And Satan prowls around waiting to pounce on Someone who is weak. Who is not aware. And Sometimes we see evil and we're like, oh, that's okay. That's all right. I mean, how many times have you watched a movie and there's some stuff in there? And you're like, oh, wow. Well, you know, you kind of overlook it. And at the end, you're like, why did I watch that? I mean, there's times we've turned some off. There's times I should have turned it off, and I didn't turn it off. And I'm like, why didn't I turn that off? Like the language, the, the, the storyline, I mean, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't beneficial to me. you know. But you kind of look at evil, and you think, oh, well, you know, it's a lion, yay. And then the lion pounces on someone. Now, if they got out of the van, guess who the lion would pounce on? Them, right? I mean, this is the reality. The enemy is out to get you. But the Scripture is really clear that he can't get you, that you can resist him, that you can stand against him. That you're not a victim to Satan. That you actually, in Jesus Christ, as you move up and out in new life in Jesus Christ, and as you pray this prayer, that you are putting on armor and protection in the face of his attacks. It's good news. You don't have to be afraid, oh man, Satan's going to beat me up when I get out of the church. No, no. If you're moving up and out with you, he wants to beat you up, but he can't. You've got the protection of Jesus Christ, of God, in your life. But he wants to trip you up he wants to lure you away from the van he wants you to find you in a vulnerable position and then to capture you jump on you sink his you know teeth into your neck and drag you down and, and but the reality is we we can pray for protection from the enemy from satan look what james chapter 4 verse 7 has to say so submit to god but resist the devil and he will flee from you and it says in, in verse 8 there, or sorry, yeah, verse 8. Uh, maybe it's not on there. Submit to God, but resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And then it says, draw near to God, he will draw near to you. I mean, we got to move towards God and, and just be aware. So you're going to be tempted. You've got you to see where the enemy is, is, is involved and, and just be aware of, of his schemes and, and that, that he just wants to drag you down. He wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to wreck your family. He wants to, to make you unproductive at work. He wants to do whatever he can to, to just wreck your life and keep you, your focus off of God. But James says, you know, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Remember, James is writing to a group of churches that are getting beat up, basically, in Asia Minor you know, like, i mean you know, you know they're they're going through difficulties he's like consider it jo- pure joy when you encounter trials of all sorts you guys and you're like yeah i don't consider it joy but you know he's and we saying, look realize that you can draw near to god in the midst of the difficulties you are in he will draw near to you and then i remind you of first corinthians 10 verse 13 it says no trial has overtaken you that is not faced by others And God is faithful. He will not let you be tried beyond what you are able to bear. But with the trial, he will also provide a way out so you may be able to endure it. Okay, you can think think back in your head, just right now, of a temptation that you failed. And if you think through it clearly, you'll you'll know there, there were outs that God provided for you. It's funny how the phone will ring, a text will come, you'll be reminded of something, Alarm will go off. It's just things happen that God's like, hey, look, I'm giving you the out. And in that moment, we either take the out or we don't. It's like he will always provide a way out. But you've got to be looking for it. You've got to want to go out the exit door. In the moment of temptation and trial, when the enemy's trying to drag you down, your heart and your desires are going to want to go to the path of least resistance. (laughs) You're going to want to go choose on some chickens, you know. (laughs) But he always will provide a way out. Lead us not into temptation. It's coming this week. If you're determined to go up and out, it's coming. And not only that, you'll, you'll, the Holy Spirit will make you aware of some things in your life you need to work on. And the temptation is, I'm not going to work on it, or the temptation will be to just ignore that. But but the reality, you, you need to move forward with God and address those issues and, and work through those those challenges and 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 become more like Jesus in there. God can fill your life as you empty your own life, and so so allow God to do that in your life. But but key part to this prayer, is, and this is kind of the end of the prayer, the next part is kind of the benediction, but he's like, look, the reality is you're living in a, in a difficult world. And there are potholes all over the place. And the enemy is out there throwing fiery arrows at you, according to Ephesians chapter 6, but the shield of faith extinguishes those arrows. He says, just be aware of the battle that we're in. He wants to take you down, but he can't if you stay close to God. This journey of the Lord's prayer is, is important, I think. To just learn that our Father wants to talk to us. that He longs to hear from us. that He wants to, his name to be honored in our lives. His kingdom to be realized in the way in which we live and interact together as a church family. He wants to look after our needs, not our wants. He wants to help us to walk in the freedom of forgiveness, receiving it from him and extending it to others. And he wants us to find the pathway of victory in the midst of a difficult, evil, awful, painful, hurtful world in which we live. Lead me not into temptation. So the reality is, beware, what are those temptations in your life? Okay? If you're struggling with alcohol, you probably shouldn't go hang out at the bar with your buddies. Not a good idea. No. If you struggle with image issues, you shouldn't be going on Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff and checking, you know, your all the stuff you're getting, the tweets and all. You know, you, you got to just separate yourself from that. If money is your issue, then you probably shouldn't be looking at the stock market and all your stuff every day for hours. You got you got to step away from. It. If shopping is your issue, you may need to cut up the credit card. You know close out your amazon.ca account right because it just keeps you know you just keep finding great deals on there right and, and I, mean, I love a good deal but i understand like like there's temptations that and you know what those temptations are be aware of them in your own life and and and, and, and anticipate it anticipate it. what are those temptations you just love gossiping man. you just can't help you just love talking about other people and, and the Holy Spirit's brought this t- to your attention, and you're like, oh, I've got to stop that. Well, you know, there's certain people that just are going to want the juicy tidbits, so you maybe you kind of shorten those conversations or always make sure there's someone else or, or have a, in your mind. I'm going to steer the, congregation, uh, you know, the conversation towards this as opposed to, to doing that. I mean, I mean, you have to be aware and prepared because it's coming. Temptation is coming. Tests are coming pop-up is going to show up well you should have a pop-up blocker set on your computer but but if that you know you got to just be aware and be ready for that and maybe it's the middle of the night and just those thoughts that come to your heart of of worry or fear or whatever it is and you gotta and you gotta just claim it in that moment maybe you memorize some of these verses and you bring them out you see when jesus was tempted he brought out the word of god and he he combated satan every time with the word of god you see we don't fight satan people God fights Satan. We, we, don't, we don't take him on. We don't you know. Maybe you grew up in a tradition where it's like, yeah, let's box with the devil. I mean, that is not found in the New Testament. <laughs> Jesus doesn't even you know grab Satan and put him in a headlock and you know going start you know. I mean, he should, but he doesn't. You know, he, he just brings the word of God out as a human, as all of us can do, and says the word of God says this, and he silences Satan. And then Satan takes the Word of God and twists it. He tries to get catch Jesus kind of in the twist of the Word of God. And, and Jesus is like, look, the Bible says this, boom, and it doesn't contradict itself. You have misused the text there, you know. We need to have the Word of God in our lives to fight this battle. So not only should you wake up in the morning and pray this before you look at your phone, but I would suggest that you come to God's Word every day, even for five minutes. Pretty soon five minutes won't be long enough because you're going to want more. It's like kind of eating, a, you know, a bad, you know, donut from a gas station, right? It just doesn't fill you, right? You want more, right? You want more. And, and pretty soon you're going to go, no, I want steak and eggs this morning, Lord. You know, feed me, you know, and, and that's what you want. And then, and then those words will just cling to your soul as you face the journey that we all face. Temptation, trial, assaults from the enemy. We have God's strength. Internal threats and external threats. May we find the strength that God provides so that we can continue to move up and out in new life in Jesus. Now, there's a possibility that some of you are here and you're like, this is all new to me. I'm new to church. I'm just checking this stuff out, and I have no idea what you're talking about. It sounds weird, and it sounds like a bad horror movie, you know, with aliens flying around, and, you know, but, but the reality is, I mean, yeah, this is a spiritual battle, and, and the truth of the Lord's Prayer only finds its true root in the heart of a person who has come to faith in Jesus Christ. It won't mean anything. It'll just be just random words that are recited, and they are recited around our, our city every day by people that don't really know what they're saying, but when you have Jesus in your life, you, you understand these words, and you, and you know what it means, and you know where you're going in this, in this prayer. The prayer is, Lord, I'm moving up and out in you. And up and out starts with giving you the glory and the focus in my life first and foremost. And then it's, then it's talking about my needs and my forgiveness and my temptations. And, and Lord, you're with me through every part of my journey and my day. So today I'm heading out there. Guide me. I am weak and I need your strength. You see, the problem is some of you have overcome temptation. And you think, oh, I've dealt with that. I'm good. But it's funny. That, that same temptation will show up again in your life in a different color, but, you know, and You've got to always be ready. Not in fear, but just understanding that, you know, I'm weak. I'm prone to, to, to do the wrong thing, and I need God's help every day of my life. Some people would suggest you should pray the Lord's Prayer three times a day. I, I, I mean, do whatever works for you, but I'm saying, God wants you to move up and out with him and, and to claim that victory, and that victory comes when we're, when we're aware of where we stand with him and with the world in which we live. But if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, this prayer won't really mean anything. Jesus died on the cross and he rose again so that you could know the Father in a relationship. We're not talking about religion. We're not talking about going through motions in a church. We're talking about knowing the living God through his son, Jesus Christ. And as we pray, we are talking to that God and we're finding the strength and the support that we need as creatures saved through Jesus Christ and his sacrifice. Drawn into a relationship with the eternal God. And he's like, I'm with you. And the reason we're here is so that we can share the good news of this wonderful truth about jesus with others and praying the lord's prayer just keeps our hearts centered on jesus on god the holy spirit and their their work in our lives as we go up and out in new life in jesus christ would you pray with me as the team comes up and prepares to lead us in the closing song and Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you that you understand the situation which we live in. And Lord, you've probably brought temptations to mind in the hearts of those people in this room. Failures, even recent failures, you've probably brought to mind. and Forgive us, Lord, where we have fallen short and missed the mark and brought repute your name through our sinful actions and we pray for forgiveness. But Lord, the journey is difficult and we need your help. So we ask that you would lead us not into temptation. That you would deliver us from the evil one and his work around us. And we pray that for our city too, Lord, that we would just see the the kingdom of God just realized through the lives of men and women, teenagers and children who know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Lord, we pray that you would bring transformation to our city. And, and then as we pray that, we, we begin just with the Lord's prayer and say, Lord, do that change in our lives first. And then do that change in, in the life of this church family and the churches across our city. And then through all of us collectively, Lord, we, we begin to influence the neighborhoods and schools and, and workplaces of, of Lloydminster. That ultimately, your name would receive all the glory and honor forever and